Well, it's wonderful to be here. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for inviting us, and uh, we uh, look forward to uh, look forward to talking with you a little bit about our our experience. And uh, we're going to go back and forth a little bit in terms of I'll talk for a little while, and Todd will talk for a little while as we uh, reflect back on our uh, time together, uh, which began in in. Um, Indirectly, I guess we could say, in uh, June of 2012, when we were um, on the cover of uh, Christianity Today, I got a phone call, in, uh, or I guess it was an email in May of uh, 2012, saying that uh, the uh, uh, magazine was going to do a cover story on Todd and I from uh, each of our different perspectives, and uh, and that there were going to there was going to be a photographer that was going to come down to uh, San Diego, where I was, and uh, take a picture take some photographs of me for the cover, and, uh, and, and I learned that they were going to do the same thing uh, with respect to Todd. And so we appeared together uh, on, this, uh, on this cover of uh, Christianity Today um, this, by photoshopping. I was uh, in front of a DNA molecule, looking down at a DNA molecule, and Todd was in his lab coat uh, at, uh, at, in Bryan College. He was a professor of biology at, at Bryan College. And the, the article... F- Featured was basically asking this question: How could two people uh, who um, think, uh, how could two people who are both biologists, both have similar training? Our background is is really quite similar. Todd's is in, in biochemistry and molecular evolution, and mine is in genetics. And so, how could it be that two people with um, graduate degrees and postdoctoral experience uh, in in very similar field end up thinking so differently about this qu- question of of how God God created, and uh, and so uh, the uh, the article was focused on that, and I was very interested in that question as well. And uh, so we had not met each other; we'd been together on this cover uh, in, uh, of Christianity Today, but we'd not met each other. And so for me, one of the really interesting questions was exactly the question that was being asked in that Christianity Today article: was just how could it be that uh, two people with similar tra- how could it be that Todd could think the way that he does with the same kind of background that, that I have and uh, so I was um, uh, excited actually when we were invited as a follow up to that by the Colossian Forum to meet together in uh, in Grand Rapids Michigan for a bed at a bed and breakfast uh, where we were brought together and a, and a few others from each of our different perspectives as well to have a, a dialogue about this question of to you know, why we think as differently as what we do. So I was looking forward to that meeting because I really wanted to get an answer to that question, how could it be? Um, Todd, why don't you talk a little bit about your perspective as the meeting, as yeah. that first meeting began? My perspective is a little different. Um, as a young age creationist uh, and a scientist, you know, I, I think the earth is ridiculously young. I think um, there was a real global flood. I think there was a real Tower of Babel. I think there was a real Adam and Eve and a real talking snake, and I don't know how snakes talk, but there was a talking snake at least once. And uh, I think that's it's really important that we believe those sorts of things. And for someone in the sciences, that's not cool. <laughs> not cool, right? And so... Uh, my interactions with with people who accepted evolution were um, negative. Yeah, negative. Let's put it that way. So, you know, I would be... Uh, you had the sort of the one class of people who would be just completely unaware that such people existed, that there could possibly be anyone out there who still thinks 
that young age creationism is true, and so they would just be appalled and horrified to find that I exist and that I am alive and that we still are out there. And then you have um, the perhaps the more challenging group are the, the ex-young age creationists who have seen the light. And now, if you would only read the book they read or study the things that they studied, you too can see the light and... There's usually a lot of obnoxiousness associated with that, unfortunately. Uh, they just tend to think there's so much. They've, they've come away from, they've outgrown their childish thinking, and I'm still stuck there. So, you know, they came to me and they said, we want to put you on the cover of Christianity Today. And I said, all right then. Yes, let's do that. And it ended up being a very weird and artificial thing, right? So they, they, they put you, they just, gave you a model of DNA and put you in front of it and took your picture. They brought, they said, the photographer said to me, we have to have you in a lab coat. And I said, okay, I don't own a lab coat. I'm mostly a computational biologist. The worst thing I have to worry about is spilling my beverage on my computer. So I'm not really a lab coat guy. So they so the photographer actually stopped at a medical supply company on the way out to take my picture and bought a lab coat for me to wear. So it was, it was all rigged and weird and strange. And so then when the Colossian Forum came and said, we want to get you into, into a room together for real, I said, nah, I don't think so. They kept at me for a long time because they just thought, wouldn't it be neat? And I just thought, no, that wouldn't be neat. What would be neat about that? Um, I just don't have any interest in that. And I drug my feet for a long time. Daryl was curious. I, and, and, and I was not. <laughs> I just, I, there's some curiosities I'm happy to just leave alone, and we don't ever have to open that box. But um, they kept after me, and so, yeah, we ended up in that hot, that hot uh, bed and breakfast in Grand Rapids, yeah, and the air conditioning wasn't working. <laughs> it was quite a weekend, yeah. So you had other experiences yeah, with creationists. So, um, I did have some other experiences with creationists. And so um, I, I was looking forward to a, a variety of reasons. One of them was that my experiences, although Todd's experience, um, uh, his experiences, at least he, he had had not such good experiences with people who believed in theistic evolution or evolutionary creation. So, um, but my experience with uh, people who had a, I, I had some wonderful experiences actually, and so that's another reason why I was looking forward to uh, interacting with Todd. Um, I um, uh, had, I lived in San Diego uh, and uh, attended um, the memorial service for Henry Morris, uh, who passed away in the mid-1990s, and uh, uh, went to the Shadow Mountain Church, and uh, which was a church that I had a great deal of respect for. I frequently went there for gospel music uh, concerts. My daughter was a member of the youth group. I certainly felt differently than Henry Morris and most of the people, maybe all the people at the church. And so uh, I'd, had, I'd had really good experiences with individuals who had a, a young earth. I wrote a, a young earth background and uh, I, I had also attended a meeting of John MacArthur's church. Well, this was when I was, uh, I don't think, I, I, pr I was president of Biologos, an organization that, uh, is uh, dedicated to helping helping people understand that there need not be a conflict between mainstream science and uh, and the creation and the Christian faith. And uh, so, as president of the organization at that point, and as part of that, um, I just uh, out of uh, interest, 
This was in 20, uh, 2009. I went to an ICR conference that was at the John MacArthur's church in Southern California. And, um, and I, I wrote a blog afterwards, and the blog was, um, was feeling at home in the family of God. Uh, I felt, and just as my experiences at Shadow Mountain and the experience uh, of listening, now this was Henry Morris III, I think, who was speaking at that particular meeting, but I just felt as though even though we disagreed, uh, about the age of the earth and uh, the way in which God created, even though I thought differently than what he did, I nonetheless felt I was in the midst of people who love Jesus just as I did, and I loved the spirit that existed whenever I was in a church of that sort. So I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to meeting Todd. I was puzzled because those other individuals that I met with, they did not have PhDs um, uh, in, in the same dis- in, in biology, and so I was interested in that aspect of it, but I was expecting uh, some great things. So actually, I was a little surprised because as we sat down in that hot room um, for the very first after the very first afternoon, we were asked just to give a, a two-minute uh, summary, kind of, or a three-minute summary. We had a longer discussion afterwards uh, later on in the evening, and uh, basically to just summarize our perspective. and uh, And so Todd's perspective, Todd summarized it with a slogan that. I think I can say a slogan. Yeah, it's a um, slogan. A, a slogan that um, I was a little surprised that it was all as simple as that for Todd. He said, because I knew Todd had a really good reputation among them as a person who um, who we could expect to be thinking very deeply. And, and I just felt as though it wasn't quite this simple as he said it. God said it. This is, this is Todd beginning the meeting as we were getting together. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And uh, so we had um, two days, um, and um, that was our, our start to the two days. And I wondered, so what are we all, what else are we going to talk about? Um, and um, so uh, that was the beginning, and that was, that was fine. We went around the circle, and each one, one of us had our various things to say. But what was important, actually, what, what, was happened, what happened then in the evening afterwards uh, and that was um, and that was over dinner. So we had a we had dinner in a in a, in a restaurant which had a um, which had a um, a table a room kind of set aside just for us. And we were able to go around the table. Uh, and there was Todd and I, but there were another uh, group of there were about five or six others all together. And uh, each of us were asked to give our testimony, our experience, and uh, some of the things that have led us to think the way we do, but also, uh, most importantly of all, is our relationship with Jesus. And uh, so we did that. We went around the table, and as we talked about some of the struggles and challenges that we'd had, both Todd and I and others, um, it, was a, it was a deep and meaningful time as we found a commonality sitting around the table having dinner together. There was a commonality that emerged uh, complete, with, um, complete with heartfelt sense of emotion, probably, uh, on te- tears on occasion as we reflected on what the various individuals had, had, uh, had experienced as they either had moved back from having been away from Jesus uh, to uh, a meaningful Christian faith or challenges that they'd had as Christians. And uh, so we found around that table a wonderful bond that existed. And I think, Todd, you probably would have would look at that evening the same way? Somewhat. I certainly would say there's more, there's certainly sympathy growing there. But I was still highly skeptical of the whole enterprise. I didn't think this was going to be worthwhile. And it took me, took me some time. And yeah, I remember saying that. Uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it, and sort of landed like a dead fish that I just sort of flopped out on the floor and everybody just sort of stared at me like I was crazy. 
Um, and that was just one of the many times that weekend when, I'm, when I was sort of struggling to express myself, never having, <clears throat> I mean, the only real interactions I had ever had with people who really don't see things my way had been sort of scientific debate on the Internet, right? And the Internet is hardly a profitable place to have any sort of debate. But there it is. Um, and so sort of seeing beyond that to other issues and seeing beyond that to sort of the real Christian life and the real Christian struggles, that was, that was difficult. The idea that someone could never, the idea that someone would never feel at home in church, that, that's, that's not good. Even as I was thinking, that's because you believe strange things that are dangerous to doctrine, that's still not good, right? I mean, church should never be something where people can't feel like they're welcome there. They, we should always be welcoming people. There's something quite defective about that. And, yeah, that was not good. So, yeah, I, I, things began to change as we went through the weekend. I was still skeptical, though. <laughs> And Todd is referring there, I think, in part to uh, uh, my personal experience, uh, which was involved um, uh, my having been brought up in an evangelical church, but having come as a biologist to believe that uh, God created through the evolutionary process, uh, I felt as though there would never be a place for me again in the the kind of church in which I grew up in. And uh, so... Uh, uh, one of the tearful experiences for me, and I, might, I probably broke into tears as I talked about it because I, I, I do want to talk about it and I think about it, was looking out on my two, my two little girls on the beach at University of California, when I was at University of California, Irvine, San Clemente Beach, and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon and uh, the church that I'd grown up in, the denomination I'd grown up in, there was a Sunday school bus of that denomination there. And, uh, and so I said to myself, they're having a, a, a picnic here and uh, it's a church gathering. And... So it might happen again. So I looked out at my two little girls out there on the beach, and I said to them, said to myself, you're never going to, there were, there were three and five, no, there were one and three at that time, and uh, said, you're never going to experience what I experienced because I could never take you to a church like I grew up in. So that picnic that's going on right now is the kind of thing, the sort of spirit that I, that I sensed in, a, in an evangelical church is not something you're going to be able to experience because I can't go to a church like that. I believe that God created the evolutionary process, and even if I was to attend, we wouldn't feel at home there. Um, so anyways, that the, we talked about our stories, and Todd has stories um, as well of, of some of his experiences, and, uh, and, and, and for me it was a, a touching time as we reflected back. Uh, Todd, do you want to reflect a little bit on the next day, or should I start that, whatever you like? Oh, you should start that. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick up after you say okay. what you say. So uh, the, the, the next day, we then began, um, uh, the next day uh, in the morning, and we were again now getting into what was more the nitty-gritty of, uh, of, our, of our differences. And so I thought it was supposed to, I was supposed to speak fairly frankly as we, as we um, began that day, and, 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 and um, so I, I did. And um, I said to Todd, I said um, something to the effect of, Todd, if you, you went to Liberty University, and uh, you studied biology at Liberty University, and um, and so you've only really had one perspective of biology. If you'd studied more broadly, um, you would know just how strong the evidence for evolution is. And um, and 
uh, Todd was hurt, um, and he was hurt for various reasons. One of which was that um, one of which is simply that I was wrong, and uh, and uh, and he kindly, I mean Todd, kindly. very kindly, uh, kindly, you did say it kindly. You okay, let, if you say so. <laughs> You no, let me, man, you I, let, un, I unleashed on you. I. Yeah, well, I don't, maybe you unleashed, but, um, but nonetheless, you, uh, you let me know uh, that you knew evolution pretty well. You went to evolutionary uh, society, the meetings of evolutionary society that you'd published, and I knew that, but I'd forgotten it. You'd published in a secular journal, and, uh, and, um, and that you knew, and it became pretty aware to me, that you probably knew evolutionary biology better than I did. Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of the, the standard stereotype. People are only young age creationists because they're hayseed rednecks who don't know any better. And if we could just educate them, then the problem would go away. And I'm just a problem of lack of education. If only the educational system were better. And I know that wasn't what was in your head, but that was what was in my head. That was what I was hearing, right? And because that is, my, that is the whole culture out there. And so you said that, and I just, I just said, ah, this is what I came for. And somehow my inhibitions crumbled away at that moment, and I just, just came out in a gush. My credentials, it felt like Paul in 2 Corinthians now. <laughs> just going to let you have it, and here it comes, and look out. And talked about you know, teaching and writing and studying. And, and, and i got to say, I mean... A lot of people out there who are young age creationists, if they're young age creationists before they go to grad school, they'll often choose something slightly uncontroversial that isn't related to evolution, right? They'll go into cell biology, figure out how the cell works. That's marginally related to evolution. They might go into engineering, um, that sort of thing. And so it is, to some extent, understandable that people would think, well, you didn't really study evolution. I went to graduate school intending to study evolution. And not just any evolution, I studied macroevolution. I studied the macroevolutionary patterns of protein evolution. I looked at similarities between bacteria and humans. I talked about the origin of the cell in my dissertation and where various lines of cells come from and so forth. This was a big deal. I, I was in it up to my eyeballs and I am qualified to talk about evolution. So to hear someone sort of flippantly say, if you only had a better education. And so, yeah, so I let him have it. And, and it was part of me that felt good. <laughs> and then there was also the part of me that felt sort of sad, like, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't unleashed in that fashion. I guess you felt it was kindly done. I'm not sure I felt the same way, but there it is. Um, yeah, and then and then and then your response. Uh, I realized I realized I was wrong, and uh, and I apologized and apologized sincerely for having uh, mischaracterized Todd and having um, having reached um, a conclusion that was unfounded and uh, and unfair. And um, and uh, it seemed as though that was the beginning of a connection between us. The fact that I wasn't going to, we weren't going to argue, uh, uh, we weren't going to be pulling each other down. 
uh, we would recognize that if we were wrong, we would say we were wrong. And uh, I had no choice but to, to, I mean, it was pretty easy actually for me to say I was wrong. And, uh, and, and that, seemed to, that seemed to help and set the tone uh, along with Todd's response, which I will always feel was the, the most important part, was his response uh, of, of, uh, of, of, of accepting forgiveness and, uh, and of loving in return. And it was, it was very much symptomatic, I think, of a lot of, a lot of our relationship because we just sort of struggle to be able to find the right words to talk about these issues that we feel so passionate about. I mean, and at the end of the day, there are things that we just have to say, and and it and it's. It has always been as well. No, that's not true. As we've gone along, it's gotten more and more and more um, unhappy and and unpleasant. The deepest disagreements that we have, I I keep praying for that um, that the Spirit will lead us into truth, as Jesus prayed in in John. Um, and yet, when we leave, we go away just as hardened <laughs> and and determined about our own positions as we did when we started. And to me, there's something there's there's real grief there now that there wasn't at the beginning. And and I look around at all of the debate and all of the discussion and all of the fighting, and I think the same way. I think that book didn't help. Not because it didn't have a good idea in it, but because the way it was written, it didn't help. And I think that book review, <laughs> that definitely didn't help. And that discussion over there on the internet, that's not helping. because Not because of the positions being advocated, but because the way in which Christians are conducting themselves. They look like the world. And that's, that's just unpleasant and, and grievous. And... And I, and I think the, some of the things that I've learned from all this is that desperate need to, to reflect the love of Christ in everything that we say and do, especially with those that we really don't agree with. Um, There's yeah. something quite powerful about that. We we uh, continued to meet together and this this um, relationship uh, um, with ourselves and we can't I can't overemphasize the significance of uh, the leadership at Colossian Forum that facilitated our discussions, and so we continued to meet together. It was a very important part of it. So it wasn't just a one-time event. Uh, the friendships don't develop that way. Relationships don't develop that way. So the first meeting was in July of 2013. Our next meeting was in December of 2013 at. Um, at the institution that I've been a part of for many years, Point Loma Nazarene University. And um, at that particular meeting, there were new things that were happening as we became more and more familiar with each other and each other's thinking, although it was still a slow process. One of the things that that happened at that meeting uh, the second time we were together was uh, that 
uh, Todd was in the process. Of, well, first of all, a couple of things. One is there were some people at the meeting that were not scientists. Uh, I'm thinking of one particular person in right now offhand who I still love as a brother. I haven't seen him for a few years, but I would love to see him again. But nonetheless, he was not a science person, and he was kind of pontificating about his particular um, understanding of, uh, of uh, human evolution. And uh, in his case, it really was quite wrong. So Todd and I were on the same, same side, actually. It was so nice to be able to have a, <laughs> a, a young Earth uh, person come alongside of me and say, yeah, you, you don't have that quite right. And, uh, and so there was this aspect of us being together on a particular thing. And another area in which we were together at that meeting was um, was because there were some things happening in Todd's life at that point in his career career wise that uh, I was deeply concerned for him. We'd become close enough now that I, I was deeply concerned about him financially. I was deeply concerned about the directions that his uh, career was going to be going, and and uh, and so there were there was a, a uh, that the end of that meeting. Um, we gathered in a restaurant and we um, prayed together for the person to our right. Uh, at that at that meeting, so there was about six or seven of us again from different perspectives, and um, and it was an amazing time uh, where we just felt God's spirit at work in a way that we um, have I, I have seldom experienced as real. I don't think is what I did at that particular breakfast, and it was a question of, every, of people from different perspectives um, praying for the person on their right, uh, regardless of it—a young Earth creationist and an evolutionary creationist—and uh, and 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 uh, and there was something about God's spirit in our midst as we um, as we focused on that which is most important in the Christian life. Todd, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, I and I. You know, one of the things that we've done all through our time together that I think has been extremely important is just practicing the basic the basic uh, practices of Christianity. We always pray together. We always read scripture together. Um, and we do it regularly. We do it in the morning. We do it in the after, you know, before lunch. And we do it in the afternoon, in the evening. And it is, to me, it was an essential part for what we did. And I remember distinctly that very first meeting in that hot bed and breakfast, sitting there listening to you pray and thinking to myself, this guy could be a deacon in my church. I literally can't tell him apart from some guy who's in my church. And it was both alarming <laughs> because you're, you know, you believe in evolution. How could you possibly be a good Christian? So it was alarming to me to hear this, and yet at the same time, it created, it helped create that bridge, that bond there. As I began to think more carefully about, well, what is it that I really object to here? What is it that I find problematic? And the sort of stereotype of the evil evolutionist, the evolutionist, um, trying to tear down doctrine that sort of evaporated there. And, and I think the, the practice, the shared practice of praying and reading scripture together at every meeting, no matter what, has been an essential part because when we are together, then Christ is with us. And so... Yeah, 
that was that was just so important to me and and I now I look at others you know in the same sort of debate and the same sort of argument and I and I see how they're reacting to you I see how they react to us and I think a lot of the negative reactions that I've gotten are because people live in their little echo chambers and they don't they don't hear anybody actually advocating a position all they all they do is have a book and I don't agree with that book so that person's terrible well that's it's way more complicated than that way more complicated than that so after after that meeting um, we um, this was the meeting in in San Diego in uh, 2012 the end of 2013 the end of 2013. And so I thought, this is wonderful. Todd and I, um, he's demonstrated that he um, understands the science really well in a variety of ways, and, and uh, from my perspective anyways. And so I thought, okay, now we're going to be able to have a scientific discussion. We're ready for that. Um, we actually hadn't talked too much about the science yet at this point, so we were ready now to, to begin to explore uh, the basis of our scientific difference. And uh, so... Um, I found this, it had just come out, this wonderful book uh, on, on genetics and uh, genetic ev evidence for, uh, for uh, God having created through the evolutionary process from my perspective. And so I said, okay, Todd, um, uh, how about if we now, so this was done um, by email, I guess, uh, primarily. We may have had some phone calls in there, but it was primarily by email. How about if um, we move now to talk about the basis of our difference uh, from the scientific point of view? So I, I went through this book, and I had all these arguments that I wanted to get his response to. And, um, and I sent them to Todd. And Todd, why don't you summarize how you felt about um, the, this next stage? <laughs> it's just that just and I think that process of me resisting you and disappointing you and annoying you was really important for me because it helped me to sort of articulate sort of my fundamental my fundamental position what is it that I really think and believe about this um so on the one hand, I felt like, you know, okay, we're going to talk about science. Okay, so the genome is, the human genome is X similar to the chimpanzee genome. Yeah, I know. Uh, the, there's this many uh, pseudogenes in the human genome. Yeah, I know that too. Um, it, it just felt like stuff I already knew. I, I, I'm well aware of this. Do I have an answer? Some of it. I mean, we can quibble about terminology and all that sort of thing. And that's very interesting, but at the end of the day, am I going to be able to answer to Daryl's satisfaction? It became pretty obvious to me that I would not. Um, and in the same way that it was obvious to me that Daryl was not going to answer my questions to my satisfaction. Um, and I remember distinctly telling you about what I felt was the strongest point in favor of creation, the, the origin of life, as a biochemist, and I said, there's just no way. It's not possible to do that. And, and uh, there's lots of good reasons to think that, thermodynamics and structural biology and on and on, uh, cellular physiology. And I got done with that, and you sort of shrugged your shoulders and said, well, if, you know, if God wanted to intervene in a miracle and create the first living organisms, I don't have a problem with that. And I sort of wanted to strangle you at that moment. I'm like, this is, this, is, this is my silver bullet. This is what I got. And you just didn't even care. And 
So then you come back with, you know, let's read this evolution book on the human genome. And I'm, I don't really care about that. And, and I've thought about that a lot over the years and thought about a lot of, of what is it that's, that's holding me in where I, where I am. And, and, I th and I think that it, what it comes to is that I'm looking for the whole package to go to in faith. I think about Paul's discussion of the weaker brother and whatever is not of faith is sin. And if you eat when you have doubts, then you are sinning. Okay, I have really strong doubts about evolution and how it works with, with my faith, and so I can't go there. And it isn't simply a matter of accepting the science or understanding the science or talking about what the other scientific issues could be and so forth. To me, it's a, this giant package of scripture and theology and science all together in one big thing. And yeah, just like you sort of shrugged off my origin of life stuff, I just sort of had to go, I'm, I'm just not interested in the human genome. There's so much more out there that I want to think about. And yeah, and then you had to get over that. <laughs> I did, yeah. So um, the... Uh, uh, what, what I learned in that, and it was very hard, I almost felt like we have to give up now because there's not much more we can do. Todd's not going to talk about um, this. And, um, and what, so what I, but what I learned was that um, uh, I, it was my agenda that was being set here and, uh, and that um, I needed to get beyond this business of, of Todd responding to my agenda. And uh, so that was a, a major... Um, a major um, uh, getting over that barrier for me was a major um, task, but nonetheless, I, I, I came to understand what it was. And that is that what, what and Todd doesn't mention this, but um, this is how I see it today, and that is that Todd uh, understands that the strength of the, of the arguments with respect to evolution. He understands uh, uh, that to his own, uh, he understands the basis of it. But what Todd wants to focus on, I mean, he could spend a lot of time going through all these, thing, these issues with me, step by step by step, uh, uh, dozens of hours he could spend on it. But what Todd, is, his, his agenda, his, what he, what's important to him, as I came to see it, was he wants to develop a, a new model of creation. He doesn't want to critique in, in real detail mainstream science. He thinks that the most, Todd, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, just, it, it seems to me that the most important thing to Todd is that recognizing that the science, mainly mainline science, is, uh, is is pretty strong? But nonetheless, because of his belief and how he understands scripture, that science is wrong. And so the question is, can I now develop a model of creation, uh, which is scientifically, which is consistent with science, which does make sense? And step by step by step, I want to develop this model, not so much to critique the other model, which everybody's been doing for a long time. I want to develop this new model, and I want to develop that in the context of my faith uh, uh, in the Bible as I understand the Bible. Todd, do you want to add to that? Or? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty that, much it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would, but I would say that I, would, I, don't, I don't think science is wrong in the sense of we have to throw it out, to throw out everything we've ever found. I think there's, I think there's pieces of it that specific parts of it where I think things have gone off the rails. But, but there's a lot that Darwin wrote that I agree with. And 
I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to explain those things. So, yeah, I, I just don't think that it goes all the way back to me and my cat being related to a common ancestor. I, I just don't think that's right. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not really interested in, in trying to figure out what's wrong with that explanation. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who are. And I know that a lot of people out there are really, really concerned with what it is that causes, you know, what is it, what's wrong with evolution and their genuine, genuine Genuine concerns. It's not like, you know, they're obsessed with stupid things. Um, but it's not something that I'm concerned with. I, I never have been. Well, yeah, no, I never have been. I've been really interested in what's the, what's the other explanation and what do we do now and where do we go from here. And, of course, the older I get and the more I work on it, the more I'm realizing there's, there's lots of scriptural and theological questions here as well. It is not completely settled, everything is not completely settled, and so that's part of my journey. And your journey is more of a uh, looking at conventional science and looking at places where it intersects with what the Bible teaches that is important about the fall and humanity's condition. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've increasingly, the bottom line here is the increasing, uh, increasingly coming to understand each other and where each other is coming from. And that's been the key. It took a long time uh, uh, and a lot of interaction in order to understand it. One of, one of our next questions was the Bible. So if, it, if it's, it, it, how do we look at the Bible differently? And uh, what we found as we moved into that discussion of, uh, of um Obviously, I'm looking at the Bible one way, and Todd's looking at the Bible another way. And what we found, Todd, I think this surprised us as 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 well, and that is just how similarly we really do look at the Bible. Um, we just don't look at Genesis one through eleven the same way, but I we found that. out <laughs> we found out just how how similarly we actually look at the Bible. I remember that phone call distinctly. I went through all these things. You know, nobody believes the Exodus from Egypt and the parting of the Red Sea. You're okay with the Exodus? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's okay with the Exodus. How about, uh, you know, the, the actual tabernacle in the Ark of the Covenant? Touch the Ark of the Covenant, you die. Yeah, you're okay with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. There was a real King David. Yeah. You're okay with that too? Yeah. yeah. King Saul, you're okay with that too? Yeah. See, it's very frustrating. How do, how do you get to Genesis 1 through 11 and go, oh, well, no, I think we have good scientific evidence to say that's not true. And yet, when you come to the Red Sea, you think, oh, yeah, there goes the waters and there goes the Israelites and everything's fine. It's just very strange. Don't you think that's strange? Well, but, uh, while Genesis 1 through 11 is true from my perspective, it's so true that it is told in, in forms that um, are in a, in a narrative that's a little different than the typical historical narrative, but so true. Super true. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. So um, we, we need to look at, the, uh, look at our, our clocks here and make sure that we're not going to run over time, but... Um, there's two things that we maybe still need to say a few things about, a couple of things, and so we'll, we'll try to get to those. Um, one, of the, one of the questions we need to address is why it matters to us. Um, why is this, even though we have this friendship, and even though we are able to sit here side by side in the way that we do, um, we, actually, um, we actually think that the other person's view is, um, is, is deeply harmful to the church and, uh, and um, really deeply harmful. Although I love Todd and I, I believe that God is working through Todd, um, nonetheless, I, I, don't, I don't hold that view. 
and I, I feel that view is very harmful. Todd, would you talk a little bit about that? Goodness sakes, yeah. I mean, that's just sort of the, that's the grief I was talking about, because I see in history Christian institutions and Christians who decide maybe this bit of the world's wisdom is okay, and a generation or two later, the whole thing is apostate. And here comes BioLogos and Daryl saying, God just created through the evolutionary process. And I think that changes the whole tenor of the Christian story, creation, fall, and redemption. So there was never a time in Earth history where we have this idyllic creation that I see uh, in the evolutionary perspective. And I don't see where you get a fall out of that. And... So what are we being redeemed from? And I don't, want to, I don't want to make this an issue of the gospel or salvation because I don't think it is. Anybody can recognize their sinfulness. They don't have to have a big, deep understanding of history or evolution or dinosaurs or any of that stuff. They just need to know, I did bad things and Jesus died for me, and there you go. And I don't want to put obstacles in the way of the gospel, but at the same time, there's this, there's this Christian message, there's this Christian story that, that we are a part of, that has been going on for centuries, and that we have believed for, for millennia. And I just feel like there's something fundamentally risky about reimagining that for 150 years' worth of science, which, honestly, in 150 years, will be very different than it is today. Our understanding will expand dramatically. And it that's just the nature of science. It's constantly changing. We're constantly learning new things. And so I just find it really risky. And for Daryl to be not just, not just believing what he does, but he's going around and teaching people about it. He was president of BioLogos, which is like, it's just my worst nightmare, right? I mean, <laughs> my goodness. And, and there, is this, there is this frustration there as well. Um, yeah, so you kind of think similar, right? <laughs> Yeah, we each think similarly in terms of how harmful the other person's views yes, are. Yes, that's it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, from my perspective, um, I, I can give a couple of examples as to why I am so deeply concerned about this matter. Uh, and, uh, and they come from examples that emerge from my own students uh, who come from a, a young earth background and uh, came to uh, my institution uh, where many of the faculty are evolutionary creation, just like myself, but nonetheless the students are, have, uh, have come from a young earth background. Uh, we, we, um, uh, I'm sure that although I'm not teaching there anymore, um, I'm uh, still an emeritus professor there and, and my, my friends uh, in the biology department, I th imagine are still handling the matter in much the same way as what I did, which is to, uh, uh, and, and my colleagues at that time, uh, which is to emphasize to the students that um, that although we believe that God created through the evolutionary process, that uh, that we don't want them to feel as though somehow they are less than uh, academically, less than us academically, if they end up concluding that. Uh, that the earth is young or that uh, God created, the earth might be old, but God created through the, but God did not create through the evolutionary process. We've, we've, we've stressed that. 
Um, but nonetheless, uh, the students have come from, regardless of how they end up feeling um, uh, as, they, as they graduate, the students have come from uh, often, not always by any means, but often they would come from a young earth background. And so I can think of, I mean, there's story after story, but um, of students who I, who I followed up on, friendships develop. And uh, so I think of one student very soon after she had graduated, and she was a leader on our campus, spiritual leader on our campus, and, uh, and had gone off to a university to graduate school, and she came back, and we had breakfast together. And I still can remember the pain in breakfast that morning as she spoke in terms of, her, as she spoke bitterly about her own experience uh, and how she said, um, why, didn't th- why didn't anybody tell me what it would be like out here? Why didn't anybody tell me what I was going to have to be dealing with? I felt like I was in a bubble the whole time, uh, both within respect to my church and, and even with respect to Point Loma. Um, and... Uh, and and she says, I feel like I was failed, that people failed me. And, uh, and she says, I no longer believe. I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist now. I think of another student who, um, also from a young earth background, was again a spiritual leader on our campus and a wonderful example. He and I had a number of discussions together. He retained that young earth perspective, as far as I know, throughout his time at Point Loma. And, um, and um, he wrote back to me, he's now finished his graduate work, and he wrote back to me one time we'd been corresponding by email, and, and, uh, and he said, you need to know that I no longer believe like I used to believe. I've read, I've read Daniel Dennett, I've read Richard Dawkins, he says, I'm, no, I'm an atheist now, and I, can't, I couldn't make it fit, he couldn't make it fit. Um, that is his young earth background once he had, had been out in, uh, in, 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 graduates, in the graduate programs. And then perhaps most painful for me of all, they're, they're often painful, but, um, but perhaps most painful for me of all, I just had breakfast a week ago, a uh, week ago yesterday, with a former student of mine who came from a, um, a very impoverished home, and, um, but had found, his way into a, um, had found his way into a Pentecostal church, uh, conservative, fundamentalist, I guess we could say Pentecostal church, which would have been Young Earth, and... Um, and uh, I spent a lot of time with him. He, um, he had came to, come to our college, and he said, I felt so poor here, and he almost left. And I caught him one day when he was at, at, at a very low ebb, and, and we talked, and I, and, and I, advi- I put, encouraged him to stay. And, um, and, and so he, his faith deepened, and he had a wonderful faith, and, and, um, and, and continued in that faith. We would continue to meet together. He worked in my lab, and, I, and, and so I supervised him in the lab, and and we became very close friends. And so it was about four or five. We, we'd continue to meet for breakfast. Then he'd moved to, uh, moved to Australia for graduate school, for a graduate program. He'd worked for a few years and then went off to graduate school. And, uh, and, and he came back and he sent, I think, I think this was also in an email, um, where he told me, I don't believe anymore. I, I, it just doesn't fit. And um, and he couldn't put he couldn't put things together. He'd read my book coming, called Coming to Peace with Science, and we talked a lot about it. But nonetheless, um, so ingrained in him the, the particular views of Christianity that he he no longer was able to put Christianity uh, into uh, into what he was learning in science. I met with him as I said just last week. We met we meet at least once every year. He's not in San Diego anymore, but he he comes down, and um, and so we met for breakfast last week. And I said. Ricky, I asked permission to tell the story. Um, I said, Ricky, it's it's now twenty years, um, and uh, you don't believe. And um, 
I said, have you ever known anybody in, in, in you were at Scripps Research Institute, which is a great research institute. You were at University of Sydney doing graduate work in Australia. You've been at UCLA now for um, eight or nine years. Have you ever known anybody who's a Christian in your studies in biology and your research in biology? Because he was, he's been doing research all these years. And he said, I never knew anybody who was a Christian. Um, I had the same experience. Uh, my, my first 20 years were in secular, 19 years were in secular institutions. And, uh, and as a student or as a graduate student or as a postdoc or as a faculty member, some of that time I was a Christian, some of the time I was, uh, I was working through it and had, had uh, uh, really pretty much abandoned the faith of my youth but then came back. And, uh, and I only knew... Uh, two people in those years who were, in, in my experience, in biology departments uh, around the world, around the, North America, who I knew to be Christians in the sense that, um, that Todd and I are Christians and that, and that you are Christians. And, um, and, and so my concern, and my, this is why this is so important to me, within that world, um, there are Christ, there are young people who are leaving their Christian faith because there is not there are not Christians there and they're not people helping them to put all of this together. Uh, and so I am deeply concerned about those students. And I'm also deeply concerned about the academic world. of. It's not true really of engineering. It's not really true of, bio, of medicine. But it is true of, of the hard sciences, the pure sciences. And uh, we're only 3% of uh, leading scientists as measured by the National Academy of Science, membership in the National Academy of Sciences, believe in a God, 3%, believe in a God that you can pray to and can answer prayer. And so I am deeply, deeply concerned that, um, that given all that's happening today in biology, that, um, that uh, we, not be, we Christians not be off in a corner speaking only to ourselves, that we oft have to be able to speak into that environment. They need us in that environment. They need those students to remain Christians who grew up in Christian homes. They need um, people who are re rejecting Christianity because they think you have to believe something which is highly unscientific as they see it. And uh, we just need to make sure the options are there. And that's why I've appreciated this time with Todd, interacting with Todd, even though we think so differently. Um, it's an option, and Todd is demonstrating to me the love of Jesus so, so wonderfully. It's an option, but so also is believing in God uh, having created through the evolutionary process, and that's why this discussion is just so important to me. And I should say, as we articulate our concerns about the other, I think we both share the same concerns as well. I think you, you are concerned about completely revamping all of theology and getting rid of Adam and Eve and all that stuff because you've been very vocal about, no, you don't have to give up Adam and Eve at all. And, and, and I hear those stories that you're telling there and it's, it's gut-wrenching. And I think, about, I think about people who, you know, they get into those atheist departments that are actively opposed to Christians and the next thing I know, they're, they're gone. And I think what happened here they seemed like they were good, on-fire Christians, and now they're just disinterested. And, and yeah, these are these are important issues that we all need to be thinking about. So even in our alarm 
at each other's positions, we also find similarities and similar concerns. 